Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. back in Colossians, Colossians 2, and the first week we talked about being knit together, how Jesus Christ binds us and brings us together. Last week we talked about being rooted, putting our roots deep into the heart of Jesus so that he could protect us and hold us strong and carry us, sustain us. This week I want to Keep going. Let's build on that in Colossians 2. We're going to be in verses 11 through 15. And we're going to talk about what it means to be truly made alive in Jesus. Now, as you and I know, um, this the world we live in is just a crazy place. It's a hard, difficult at times, um, devastating, um, terrible place to try to raise children, to walk with Jesus. We also know that at times the world we live in can be a very special place. And the people that we're surrounded by can lift up our souls, our hearts, and make us feel alive. And and that's all kind of part of the way God rigged this system for us. It's good and bad. It's the ebb and flow of life, right? And so to be knit together means that when we walk through the hard times, the low times, that we have others with us there to see us through, to help us get through. And when we walk through the high times, we have people there to celebrate with us, to rejoice with us. And being rooted means when it gets really difficult and the winds blow like they do in Panhandle, Texas, right? I had to rescue one of my little sapling trees from near death, right? Tied a bungee cord around it. I don't know if that helped or not, but it's still standing, right? The winds can get ridiculous around here, but when we are rooted in Christ, we have people to stand with us. We have Jesus holding us up to be rooted in Christ. But at the end of the day, we need something more than this life, something more than this world. When I say this world is crazy, that's not a new thing. It's not crazy now. I hear people say, man, the world we live in now is really crazy. Well, it's always been this way. And when we don't know Jesus Christ, we don't stand a chance. And not just in this life, but for eternity. Why? Because the difficult things come in and they don't just knock us down, they knock us out. And this is the death that Scripture talks about. We, in our sin, are dead. We have no hope. We have no promise of future. We have no delivery. 
But because of Jesus and His rich mercy and His grace for us, we can be made alive and not just survive this world, but thrive in this world. Jesus wants our attention, our affection, so that we can thrive in the world we live in. This is what it means to be made alive. And we're going to talk about some crazy things like circumcision and burial, being buried with Christ, being put off to the flesh. These things are foreign to a mind that doesn't know Jesus. But when you're in Jesus Christ, these things begin to come alive. When God's Word comes alive for us, then we become alive. We start to understand that it is God who is at work, both to His will and for His good pleasure. Now, Ashley and I do this thing. We're, I'm not totally proud of us for doing this, but like if we see a meme or a video you know, of somebody dropping a dog off on the side of the highway, you know what I mean? People who just said puppies free on, on the highway or whatever, or, or, or you, you see people doing things that are just terrible to one another, the way people drive, right? We, we do this thing, we say this a lot. We say, um, that person is just dead inside. You ever do that? You watch, you watch videos or you see people or you hear people say things and you're like, that person's dead inside, right? I like to say, and I don't, this is not theologically or or correct or appropriate, but I always say that person's soul is broken, right? I say that about people all the time. I'm not proud of that, and I haven't said it about you yet, but I've said, I, I, we do those things kind of joking, but the reality is they probably are dead inside. I'm not saying that people that drop puppies off on the side of the highway are not saved by Jesus. I'm just saying how do you not love puppies and love Jesus? That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is every one of us have this death inside of us that apart from Christ, it dooms us to an eternity without God in heaven, in glory, forever, at the feet of our Savior, like Him, with Him, worshiping Him, truly made alive. It's because of Jesus and nothing else. That's what this passage is all about. Colossians 2, verses 11 through 15. Let's start with verses 11 and 12. Colossians 2, 11 and 12. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That's a lot of circumcision talk. Super weird for us. But it means something. Watch this. Verse 12. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. Let's talk about circumcision for a second. Does that sound fun? circumcision was this thing that began with Abraham, the covenant that God made with him, where he said, I'm going to make you alive in this world. You are no longer bound by this world. And so he went through a circumcision as an adult, super, <clears throat> right? 
uncomfortable. But what he did was he said, I'm allowing you to be dead to the flesh, to cut away the unnecessary parts of this world in order that you can see me, understand my glory, walk with me, and be the father of generation after generation after generation of people who will be saved by my work and not yours. And so with all of that conversation and awkwardness and discomfort and pain came something really, really powerful. Not just for Abraham, but for you and me. What came is the covenant of God. God made a covenant with Abraham and all those who followed, all of his family, all of us now as his descendants and his children and as Christians, we now are living under the covenant with God. Not made by flesh from us, but made from God's hands. Given to us by God. And here's why that is so important. Because what God wanted for Abraham was to no longer be bound by the flesh, but to be bound by his love, his relationship with God. And that's exactly what he wants for you and me. And so when he says, we are now circumcised, not by human hands, we are set apart, made new. Watch this, made clean by God's hands not ourselves. He's cut away the part that we could not, we, we did not, we, we never will need to be one with God. So He made us dead to the flesh and alive with Him in the Spirit. This is what this means. His circumcision for us is cutting away the old and bringing us now a new free chance of being delivered and living with him forever under a new covenant, not by law, but by grace. We'll get into that in just a second. He also says, and being buried with him in baptism, being buried with Christ in baptism and resurrected, raised from the dead, from the grave, we now live in Jesus. God raised him from the dead. Our, our physical circumcision, nobody's physical circumcision in this room ever makes us right with God. It's the spiritual circumcision where God cuts away the old and makes us new with Jesus because of what he's done, not because of what we've done. We can't do enough. We can't do enough. In fact, I would say that trying to do enough, that fighting hard, being religious, going to church, giving, serving, doing all the righteous things that we think please God will never be enough. They'll never satisfy not only his heart, they'll never satisfy your heart. It'll never be enough to be right with God. The only thing that makes us right with God is Jesus Christ, the new covenant. Our faith is what makes us right with Him. 
when we see Him, understand Him, enjoy Him, when we glory in Him, when we sing these songs and we raise our hands and we're, we're experiencing the newness, the freshness, the breath of God in our lungs and in our hearts, that's when we are made right with God. That's where we can truly enjoy Him. Not doing the things that we think make Him happy. It's just never enough. It's just never going to be enough. That's why this is so important for us. Listen, Galatians 6.15 says it this way. Paul said, Neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. So this isn't a, this isn't a Jewish thing versus a Gentile thing. This isn't an old way versus a new way thing. Circumcision counts for nothing, physical circumcision, and uncircumcision counts for nothing. Now, there are good reasons to do that medically. And there are reasons to do that morally for people or to not do it morally. And God is saying none of that matters to him. What matters to him is that our faith makes us right with God. It's our hearts that are set free that are made right with him, not our body. Right? This is... This is great news for us. Why? Because we all were once dead in our trespasses, in our sin. But because of Jesus, we have been made alive with him. You know what else it means? It means that we're not prisoners of this world. We're not bound by the things, the laws, the regulations, the rituals of this world. Our hearts belong to Jesus. We were once dead in our sin. And I think we have a tendency to look at that and, and A, we might feel shame about the sin in our past, the decisions that we've made. But you know what I think God does? I think God looks at your life and says, yes, you made wrong decisions. Yes, you made terrible choices. Yes, you made mistakes in your past. But because you are from this world, you were always going to make those choices and those decisions because once you were dead in your sin, but now that you are in Christ, all of that has gone away, been made old, and now you are right with God and there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to feel guilty about and there's no shame in your life. You are not a prisoner. You've been set free, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. That's a gift for us. Jesus gave us that gift. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. You can be physically pure all day long. You can be You can have the highest set of morals. You can make the rightest of choices. You can be physically pure and still not be spiritually pure. Your heart can still be out of sync, out of touch with God's. But you cannot be spiritually pure without being physically pure. So because of what Jesus has done for us, he said, now there's a set of standards, there's rules, there's laws, there are things I want you to obey. Why? Because I want your heart to be right with me. You can be physically pure without being spiritually pure. You can make the right choices all day long, but you can't be spiritually pure without being physically pure. Why? Because Jesus Christ wants your very best. He wants your best. 
It's not enough to save you, but you know what it does? It tells the story to Jesus Christ. My heart belongs to you. And I want to do whatever I can do in this world, including making sacrifices of the things of this world that I love. It's putting off the flesh and putting on the Spirit of God. That's why we talk about things like that. That's why we do this. That's why we worship God together. That's why we come into His house and we make the choice on a Sunday morning when maybe the other people in your house just want to go to brunch or the beach or the lake or the park or whatever. And your heart says, no, I want to be with God's people in His presence today. This is a privilege for us. This is a great privilege. We choose this because we choose God. And God's heart is satisfied by that. Let's talk about law and grace for a minute. In the old system, in the Old Testament, the system of law was either you abide by this, you approach the temple or the tabernacle, and you come and you make sacrifice, and you dip into the pool to bathe your body, to cleanse yourself, and then you can come into the courtyard where the priests have made sacrifice, and then you can experience the goodness of God. But if you have not been atoned, then you will not be blessed. That's the old system. The new system is you come into the presence of Jesus with all your filth and you stand at the feet of Jesus and you say, God, I confess blank. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you of that sin and watch this, and to cleanse you from the unrighteousness. This is not a biblical test. This is not even a theological statement. I have never in 44 years of following Jesus and 27 years of pastoral ministry, I've never ever found in Scripture where God commands us to ask for forgiveness. I just don't, I don't know where that is. God doesn't command us to ask for forgiveness. You know what He does? Two things. He commands us to give forgiveness, to offer forgiveness to others. But He also says, if you want to be cleansed of your sin, confess it before the Lord. Confess your sin. You can't just leave it or sweep it under the rug or walk away hoping God might just forget about it because it wasn't that bad anyway. That's a lie. If you confess your sin, big, small, whatever, every bit of it nailed Jesus to the cross. If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. That's grace. That's what Jesus did for you and me who are His children. When we're in Christ, we've been made new by Him. You know what Jesus said about the law? He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. They weren't wrong. They did what God told them to do. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And so we look at the life of Jesus 
And he came into this earth, into this planet, through a virgin, was born unto flesh, fully deity, fully God, fully man. And he walked through all the challenges that life had to offer and throw at him. He walked through all the struggles and the hurt and the loss that we have walked through. And then he died on a cross for you and me. He set the example of dying to his flesh, choosing in the garden when he said, God, if there's any way for you to take this cup from me, (laughs) if there's any other way, Father, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he died to his flesh, literal death on a cross. And he's calling you and me to do the same. Stop choosing you. Start choosing him. That's the call of God for our life. Stop choosing your flesh and start choosing His heart for you. He died to make you and me complete with God. His covering over our lives is now what separates us from the world. We are no longer prisoners of our flesh. Now we are prisoners for the Lord. He is ours and we are His. That's the new covenant. This is good news. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's the most important thing about all of this, except to say, when we are in Christ, we are completely, entirely connected to God through the covenant, his blood flows through us. It's not our own. This is just a shell. This is just a pathway to get to who he wants me to be. He is making me righteous day by day. He's making you righteous day by day, working in you, forgiving you of your sin, setting you free of that so that we can live with him in eternity, perfect, holy, forever, all all, all of it points to us being in perfect harmony with God forever. That is deliverance and that is freedom and that's what it means to be truly alive. It's a gift. It's a great gift for us. Look at verse 13. 13 and 14. We have been set apart from the world, from our flesh, buried with Christ in baptism, And you, verse 13, and you who were dead, not anymore, now you're being made alive, you were dead in your trespass, in your sin, and the uncircumcision of your flesh. That was the old way, Gentile, Gentiles, dirty Gentiles. God made alive together with him. Jesus made us alive. How? Verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. There was once a pathway we had to follow in order to ever receive the forgiveness of God. 
Now he canceled that record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And the end of verse 13, watch this. When he nailed it to a cross, he forgave us all our sin. Made alive. When you are in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old is gone and the new has come. And so then we can sing songs like we sing here. We can pray prayers. We can send students to camp. We can have VBS for our children and and all these incredible things, these beautiful ministries and mission and going and serving and providing for others who can't provide for themselves and praying for others. All of it is a gift from God to us that we get to participate in his work and what he is doing in this world. Made alive. Right now, sitting in their home over in far south Panhandle. (laughs) That ain't far, right? Over in far south Panhandle, the Sigmunds are watching us online right now. Drew, Megan, we see you. We we know that you're there. Um, Her mom, Billy, uh, their kid's grandmother is here, brought them to church this morning. They're watching. And I'm going to pause right now because Drew, we want to pray for you to be healed from cancer. Amen? To be truly alive. Will you pray with me for Drew? God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would set our friend, our brother, in Christ, Drew, set him free, God. Deliver him. God, I pray that you would crush the head of the enemy who loves cancer and brings illness and brings sickness and bring pain. God, he loves that for us. God, I pray that you would crush his head and that you would raise Drew up, Father, that you would set him free in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would wipe the cancer from his body and from their past, that there be no record of any illness, God. In the name of Jesus, help them, cover them, provide for them, meet needs for them, and let us be a church that loves them. In the name of Jesus, set them free. I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. This is what God wants for us to participate in what he is doing in this world. That's what it means to to be made truly alive. He canceled the record of death. He canceled the record of sin and made us alive. Our old self was crucified. Our old self gets crucified with Jesus so that we can be made brand new, not just physically, but spiritually. We are made brand new with him. And then our faith is what drives us to want to be physically righteous and pure before God. So the old gets put to death and the new becomes a reflection of life, of truly living. When we think about the cross, I mean, we, I think we, tend to get um, a little introspective and sentimental. We start thinking about all that Jesus endured, all the pain, the suffering, the anguish that he endured on the cross for us. I would say two very important things about that. One, while it hurt 
physically, the pain was excruciating. It was always Jesus' joy to endure that for us. It was always his delight to do that for us. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his undying love for his father that held him there. It wasn't the cross that raised Jesus up in that moment. It was his desire to do God's will and to fulfill prophecy that he would be lifted up before men, mocked as a king, as a non-king. Jesus hung on that cross, died on that cross for you and me because of his complete devotion to you. He chose you in that moment despite the pain, despite the shame, despite the agony, despite the humiliation, public display, naked, hanging on the cross. He chose that for you and me. Why? So that you and I would be free to choose Him instead of our flesh and the things that we want. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not proud of this, and, and I know you won't be either, but the thing about the cross is, it's not that we forget about it day to day. It's that we just ignore it. We just ignore the cross in our daily living. It's not because you're a bad person, but it's because daily we are allowing ourselves to be so wrapped up in the activity and the condition of our human soul and our busyness and our flesh that we just choose to ignore the cross of Jesus. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human. But what makes you not human is the grace and the blood and the flesh of Jesus that was ripped apart, spilled out, torn apart for you and me. The cross should be the centerpiece of our daily living. Why? Because we have been made truly alive. And so it should always be front and center in our lives. That's what Jesus is calling you and me to. That's what it means to be truly alive. It's to choose his way. It's to want what he wants. It's to enjoy him forever. Why? Because our record of sin has been canceled. And He wants us to choose Him. We don't just forget it. We ignore it. Oswald Chambers, I don't know if you've ever spent time in My Utmost for His Highest, which is a great devotional, um, daily devotional uh, with, with Jesus. Oswald Chambers said this, all of heaven is interested in the cross the cross of Christ. Hell is afraid of it, while men are the only ones who ignore its meaning. That's powerful. That's a difficult reality. But we can't ignore it because it was set up and established for you and me as children of God. The cross of Jesus was there for you and me. He did this 
Why? To make us truly alive. In just a minute, we're going to celebrate communion. We're going to take the bread and the juice that represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're going to taste that. And we're going to have a moment where we get to confess our sin, ready our hearts, and then enjoy what He has done for us. That's beautiful. And it's one of the things that knits us together as the body of Christ. But before we do that, we have to prepare our hearts for a moment like that. And so the worship team, as as they come up, I, I want us to dive in to verse 15 and tell you why. This is such a good thing. This is such a glorious moment. It's such a righteous and profound experience with Jesus. Verse 15, check this out. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Jesus. The enemy wants you to feel the shame and the guilt of your sin. That's what he wants for you and me. He wants us to feel bad because we're not good enough. And the reality is we aren't good enough. We never will be good enough. It's only because of Jesus Christ. And he took the shame on the cross. He paid the price for you and me. Why? So that God could crush the head of the enemy, put him to open shame. And now it's no longer us who lives in shame, but now it's the enemy. Even though he may not know the end of the story, he's heard it, he may not believe it, but the reality is God has put the enemy to shame for you so that he could raise you up, we could triumph in Jesus. Psalm 27, which is one of my favorite verses of Scripture, passages of Scripture, verses 5 and 6 say this, For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6 says, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the living God? When we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to earth because of Pentecost and dwells in us as his children, as God's children. We are the temple of the living God. Watch this. That means your body, your flesh is now the dwelling place of the throne of heaven. Our bodies, our little lives are where God chooses to inhabit on this planet. He paid for us by his sin, by his sacrifice, for our sin, by his sacrifice. He bought us. And so the enemy is put to open shame because of what he's done for you and me. Now, we don't have to go to the temple to make sacrifices. 
Watch this. Daily, we are choosing to make our life a living sacrifice. Romans 12. This is your spiritual act of worship. Why do we worship Jesus? Because we have been made alive with Him. Now we know. You heard? Now we are alive with Jesus. That's why we choose Him. Is that a good reason to celebrate? Is that a good reason to give thanks? Here's what's going to happen. The worship team's going to lead us. And I want to invite you. We have four stations where you can go and get the bread and the juice to celebrate and give thanks for and remember the sacrifice. His body represented by the bread, His blood represented by the juice. Now for you weirdos, we also have gluten-free option there, right? I don't mean to make a lot of this. This is, we want everybody to be included. This is open communion. If you are a child of God, you've been saved by Jesus, this communion is for you. Whether you're a member of this church or not, this is the body of Christ. I want to invite you to pray and prepare as as we do this together. Lay it before God and say, God, I confess blank. And then receive the goodness of God. If you have questions about Jesus and you want to know, how do I be included in this communion, in this fellowship? How do I know Jesus? We have people who are going to be at these places, these corners, to answer that for you. I'm here, available to answer that for you. You are loved and made alive by Jesus. That's a great, great gift. Will you pray with me? God, this morning, as we prepare to celebrate communion, we ask that you would step into the the dark, hard, lonely, sad, broken, places of our lives. And You would make us right with You. God, we confess our sin. That all the other moments of our lives, we may not be prepared or ready to step into communion with You and with others. But this morning, God, we want to come in to Your presence with others. Be made right and to remember Your sacrifice for us. The new covenant, the new way. Help us, God. We give You all of this. Make us alive. In Jesus' name. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus, and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.